Hey CEO, I have an important question for you today. Are you running your business or is your business running you? If it's time to get your business in order so you can fully step into your role as a confident, in-control CEO, then I want to invite you to this advanced training series that I'm hosting live on May 20th through May 24th. We're calling it the 90 Day CEO Sustainable Success Series. And over these four days, we're gonna break down our research-backed, client-proven process to help you sustainably scale your business without hustling, without overworking, and without burnout. If you've been winging it in your business, hoping that you'll eventually get caught up and telling everyone in your life that when things calm down, you'll be a real functioning human again, this series is especially for you so that you can reclaim your life as you scale up your business. All you have to do is head over to theceocollective.com slash success and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. Hey there, welcome to Uncomplicate Your Business, a weekly podcast where I share a peek behind the scenes of what it really looks like to create a successful business on your terms. Today, we're talking about the top three reasons your business just isn't growing. Check it out. Ready for more ease and less stress as an entrepreneur? Welcome to Uncomplicate Your Business, where you'll learn how you can simplify your business and amplify your results so you can work less and live more. And now, your host, MBA, award-winning business strategist and author of Your Business Sweet Spot, Rachel Cook. Hey there, Rachel Cook here, and welcome back to Uncomplicate Your Business. So... Has this ever happened to you? You're looking at your business numbers and saying to yourself, why does it seem like nothing is growing, even though I've been crazy busy trying to get my business out there? Or even worse, you avoid looking at any numbers related to your business until it's time to compile all that information, pull together all the receipts and all the invoices to hand over to your CPA for tax time. And as a result, you're really not even sure what's happening, what your profits or revenue even are in your business. So sure, there are more ways to measure your success than simply looking at the bottom line. But the truth is, the numbers don't lie. They can tell you the truth about what's really going on in your business. Understanding your numbers is the best way to answer the question, is your business growing? So most business owners We all want to see consistent growth year after year. We want to increase our revenue and reach and serve more people. And we want to increase our personal income so that we can live a great lifestyle, so that we can upgrade a few things and we can save for retirement and send our kids to summer camp. But it's totally normal to hit a plateau where nothing you seem to do actually drives your business forward. Sound familiar? So... Here's the thing. Growth can feel like a bit of a slippery topic. Like if all we talk about is growing our business and somehow we're greedy or we just care about the money. But this is the biggest topic that comes up all the time within my community and with my students. And the thing is, when we start a new business, growth comes pretty quickly, simply because we're just filling a client docket. You know, we're getting in those first one-on-one private clients. And it's really easy to double your business if you're just going from five clients to 10 clients. But as we transition out of that startup stage of our business, growth becomes trickier. It's not as easy to double your business. 
If your calendar is already booked out, you're at max capacity. You can't add anybody else. And add on top of that, if you're already at the higher end of your price range and you feel like you really can't reasonably raise your prices much more or that raising your prices much more wouldn't really make that big of an impact. This is where we start to hit some breakpoints, where we really have to reevaluate what we want to do to continue to grow your business. And the truth is, what got you here may not get you there. And if you're ready to move to the next stage in your business, and remember, in last week's episode, episode 31, we talked about the three stages of business, the startup stage, the success stage, and the scale and sustain stage. If you're ready to start scaling, you're ready to add new revenue streams, especially those leveraged or passive revenue streams, then you really have to understand what you need to focus your time and your energy and yes, your money on in order to see that growth. So today I want to share with you the top three mistakes that most people are making and how you can avoid them if you're ready to break through and start taking your business to the next level. And of course, there's a PDF download. So head over to rachelcook.com slash episode 32 to make sure that you download the checklist of these top three mistakes. Mistake number one, not knowing your numbers. We hinted at this already. And the reason is there's a saying, what gets measured gets managed. And too often, I find entrepreneurs don't have a clear picture of what's really happening in their business until it's way too late to change the plan. That's why it's crucial to know your numbers. When you know your numbers, you not only have a clear measure of your growth, but you can more accurately predict your growth. So revenue is a clear measurement of growth. We can quickly tell if we are on or off track with our revenue goals simply by looking at them each, every day, week, and month. But here's what you need to understand is that revenue is a lagging metric. That means once the revenue has come through the door, there really isn't anything we can do to change it at that point. What we also want to measure are the leading metrics. These are the metrics that happen prior to the sale of your product or your program or service. A leading metric can help you predict the results of the lagging metric. This is key. Leading metrics predict results of the lagging metrics. This is so important because if you understand what the leading metrics are that you need to track in your business, you'll more accurately be able to tell if you're on track for that revenue metric that you're tracking, that lagging metric, or if you need to course correct or you need to change the game plan altogether. So for example here, when I was offering free strategy sessions in order to fill my private client docket, I knew that one out of every two free session would result in one new paid coaching client. So if I wanted to bring in five new paid clients I needed to have 10 free strategy sessions on my calendar that month. Now, this gave me two metrics to track, two leading metrics to track. First, the number of free sessions booked each week. And second, that conversion rate from free sessions into paid clients. So by tracking those two leading metrics, I could more accurately course correct. I could more accurately fix my plan in order to hit the revenue goals for the month. 
If I started to see that only one in four sessions, only one in four free sessions was turning into a new paid client instead of one in two. So I went from a 50% conversion rate to a 25% conversion rate. Then I knew I needed to increase the number of sessions on my calendar to make up that difference. Or I needed to review my entire free session system to figure out why I wasn't getting the right people on that free strategy call. Or how could I improve my skills on that call? Was there something I wasn't saying or was I not following up correctly? So another example of an important leading metric is the size of your community, your prospect database or your email list. So this is really essential for my business at this stage. And this is a metric we track each and every week. And often one of the reasons businesses stop growing is that they are simply pitching the same thing to the same people, hoping for a different result. So if your community isn't growing, if there aren't new people seeing what you have to offer and learning about you and getting to know, like, and trust you, then you will burn out your list. They will stop responding to your offers. They will stop opening your emails and they'll start unsubscribing or leaving your community. Now, this is a natural part of the process. Attrition is a natural part of any business. You're always going to have people leaving your community. So don't ever take that personally. When somebody unsubscribes or leaves your Facebook group or wherever your community is kind of hosted. But you need a proactive plan to not only counteract the attrition, but to continue growing. So there's two parts there. You have to fill up the spots left by people who've unsubscribed. And you have to continue bringing more and more people into your business. That's where your attract marketing strategies come in. Now, most entrepreneurs don't really understand the difference between attract marketing and nurture marketing. So we'll talk more about nurture marketing in just a second. But attract marketing is where you're getting your name and your business in front of new audiences, in front of new people who don't know who you are. Attract marketing is just the opposite of posting on your blog, emailing your newsletter, or posting social media updates. Those are all nurture marketing activities. Nurture marketing activities build relationships with people who already know you. They're already in your world. They're already in your community. And if you're only depending on those nurture marketing activities to grow your business, then growth will be painfully slow. This is the trap of the, you know, if you build it, they will come myth. You have to be doing attract on top of the nurture. Attract marketing is where you go out and you get your message in front of new audiences. So this could look like writing for another well-known blog, getting interviewed on a local news show or a local podcast or an online podcast, or even running advertising like Facebook ads. Attract marketing drives new traffic to your website or through the doors of your business. Now, there are dozens of ways you can attract new potential clients to your business. So I really recommend focusing on just one to two strategies at a time, tracking the results, and then deciding if you should change strategies or double down. Now, in my business, I know that getting interviewed, especially on other podcasts, it's one of my best attract strategies to grow my community, especially to grow my email list. I already told you guys that is the leading metric we track. So each and every month, 
I track how many times I've pitched myself for interviews, how many interviews I actually had that month, and how many interviews went live. And I can also track how many new email subscribers came into my business after the interview goes live. And this is important because it helps me figure out who has a great audience for me to tap into. So not too long ago, I did an interview with Carrie Green over at the Female Entrepreneur Association, and it ended up sending over 300 new subscribers to my email list in just a week that it went out. This gives me a huge insight into what audiences are a great fit for me and where I should spend more of my time and energy. And it's really important. It might have sounded a little complex. You know, I'm pitching myself for interviews. I'm tracking where the traffic comes from. This is why I really recommend keeping it simple so that you can get traction, keeping it simple so that you can track what's actually happening here and not trying to shift strategies too frequently because it does take time for these things to get the traction you're looking for. So for me, I will often keep myself focused each quarter on a specific attract strategy. So one quarter, I might focus my attract energy on getting as many interviews as I can. I'll actually block it out in my calendar that I'm doing interviews all day Friday. I'm trying to not just do one a week, but I'm trying to do four a week. I really make it a priority. And then another quarter, I might shift and focus on running Facebook ads. Of course, you can try multiple strategies at once, but I find it's much easier to determine what really works for you if you can put all of your energy behind it for a dedicated time frame. Okay, so that was mistake number one. Mistake number one was all about not knowing your numbers and not tracking what is actually working in your business. And we talked about the leading and the lagging metrics in the attract and nurture marketing in order to help you start shifting your focus. Make sure you head over to rachelcook.com slash episode 32 to download the checklist because I'm going to give you again the types of things you should be tracking. Now, the next big mistake that I see entrepreneurs making, mistake number two here, is being inconsistent. I have to say, I was interviewed not too long ago um, by Hack the Entrepreneur, And I was asked, you know, what has been the secret to your success? And I said, it's being consistent. It's showing up each and every week for people. And when I'm working with a client who's not seeing the growth that they hoped for, one of the first things I do is review the last several months of their marketing and their sales and their business. And that instantly tells me if inconsistency is a problem. They might have started out with a goal to send a weekly newsletter and a blog post, But then as they got busier in their business, it became more and more challenging for them to continue creating this regular communication for their community. So what happens? Well, suddenly the newsletter and the blog and everything else is on the back burner. And it feels like, okay, a week won't hurt me. Then that week turns into two. And then suddenly it's several months and you haven't talked with your community. And this is how you end up in that feast or famine cycle, right? You end up in a position where you haven't been marketing, you haven't been communicating, you haven't been building that relationship. And when you need to fill your client docket again, people aren't ready for you because they haven't been hearing from you. So when you're inconsistent with your marketing and you only show up in someone's inbox when you're asking for a sale, you reduce the quality of the relationships that you have with your community. It actually makes it harder for you to enroll those people into your products, programs, and services. 
Think of it like this. It's kind of like if you went on a date with someone you really liked and you were looking forward to getting to know them even more, but then you didn't hear from them from weeks and then months. And suddenly six months later, you get a text one night asking if you want to hang out. You're looking at your iPhone thinking, who is this person? I don't even remember this person. They totally blew me off. The moment has passed. You're not interested anymore. And that's what happens when you don't consistently nurture your community. They took that first step. You know, they made the first move. They signed up for your email list. They got your great free offer. And they're waiting to continue hearing from you so that they can get to know you more. So that they can determine if you're the person who should be helping them. But if you haven't been nurturing that relationship, it dramatically reduces the likelihood that they'll actually want to take that next step with you. So why does this happen? Why do we have such a hard time being consistent with our nurture marketing? Often it's because we were unrealistic from the get-go about what we're actually ready to take on. And I get it. There are so many ways to market your business. It's really easy to sit down and come up with this grand master plan of all of the content marketing you're going to do, all of the ways you're going to promote your business. And that might have been easy to handle before you had a busier client calendar. But when you do fill your client docket, when things get on your calendar, suddenly you don't have the time anymore. And without a real system in place, it becomes unsustainable because you run out of hours and it becomes something else that you push off until you've got more time. This is why it's so important that you create a strategy you can stick with and create a system around that strategy. Because the more consistent you can be with your nurture marketing, that communication you're sending out on a regular basis to the people in your community, then the better results you'll see when it's time to enroll people into your products, programs, or services. All right, we know that nurture marketing now is a huge piece of the puzzle. So what's big mistake number three? It's starting over, constantly starting over. I see this over and over again, and I'm willing to bet you'll identify with this one. You start something and it doesn't go quite as expected. You don't see the results right away that you had hoped for. So you decide that it's not working. I often see this when entrepreneurs are ready to launch a new program or a new service They spend all this time creating the new offering. They spend weeks or even months ramping up the promotion to sell that offering. But when they don't have the five or six figure launch that they feel like they were promised by all the hype out there, then they feel like it was a failure. And because they feel like it didn't live up to their expectations, they throw it all away. They trash it and they start all over again with a completely new offering. You've probably seen entrepreneurs who struggle with this. Every other month, it seems like they're launching something new. In fact, you start to wonder what it is that they actually do in their business because every time you turn around, the focus is on something completely different. So here's the thing. When you're constantly starting over, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. The truth is the first time you go after a new strategy or creating a new offering, you are faced with a huge learning curve. There is so much you are learning in this process. And this is the biggest learning curve you're ever going to face. It's going to be the hardest it will ever be to sell this offering. But once you go through that process once, you have an advantage. You understand the process. 
you'll be able to market and sell this product, program, or service better and faster the next time. You're going to get more feedback and more insight into what your audience actually wants or what they need to hear in order to be ready to buy this thing. And that's huge. So I want you to take a minute and think about the most successful entrepreneurs in your niche. Chances are they don't constantly reinvent the wheel. They likely have the same offering, the same products, programs, and services that they are known for. They've become signatures of their business and of their brand. And the reason that they're known for that is because they have really doubled down and have consistently refined and made these products, programs, and services better and better and better. And they've gotten better at marketing and selling them. But I promise if you were to look back to the first time they ever launched that offering, chances are it wasn't the big success you're hearing about today. They took their time to get it right. They learned how to iterate. They took the feedback from their clients and their community, and they made it better over time. So I'd be willing to bet that nearly every six or seven figure launch you're watching started out as a humble four or five figure launch with just a few clients. And over time, they learned how to make it better and better and better. So as you sit down to do your strategic planning to grow your business, it's really important that you review all the offerings you promoted in the past year, which offerings had the best result, which offerings generated the most revenue, and what could you do this year to double down and grow the results of that offering. So make sure you take some time this week to have a CEO date with your business and get to know your numbers. Ask yourself, what are your leading and lagging metrics? What is your consistent attract and nurture marketing activity? And what offerings can you double down on for the best results? Make sure you head over to rachelcook.com episode 32 to download today's checklist. Thanks again for being here. I can't wait to connect with you again for next week's episode of Uncomplicate Your Business. Talk soon. If you're loving the Uncomplicate Your Business podcast, it would mean so much if you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes. When you do, it helps me to reach and serve more amazing entrepreneurs like yourself who are ready to work less and live more. You can learn more about how you can uncomplicate your business, including show notes and bonus resources just for podcast listeners, plus courses and consulting where I help women business owners create success on their terms at rachelcook.com. 